Hey there, Shop of Maniacs. You are listening to another uh, Sick Kid edition of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the office square. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Heck yeah, just a stone's throw away from my my sick kid. But it's that it's the day of the thing where it was kind of a coin toss whether you go back to school or not. You know, right? And right. It's like, right. nah, I can't be the. I don't want to be the dad that like is pushing it. You know, right? Right. <laughs> You're like, okay, you were feeling awful at bedtime, but now you're doing great. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. She hasn't been eating because there's a stomach thing too. And I haven't seen her like just blast a meal yet. And I'm in like five days. So I'm like, I can't send you like that. Your brain, there's no way it's firing on all cylinders, you know? Sure. Yeah. So one more day, one more day, but I had to come to the office today, not just for this show, although I would do anything for you, Dave. Oh, we, had to, we had to get out of the house too because we have, um, you know, not to sound too bougie, but we do have cleaners that happen to be scheduled today. And oh, uh, yeah. Miranda's yeah. been out of town, and I'm like, we're going to need those cleaners. Dad, solo dadding with the sick kid has not uh, been the uh, cleanest experience. I get it. Yeah. It, it's, I, I was, when you told me you had a sick kid, I, I was like, I get it. I, I my daughter's been sick. I think she was in the office for the show last week. And, you know, mm, and she like, was, yeah. Um, and like, I it is such a sidewinder for me, man. It is just like, I it's just like surprise. You're a butler now. That's your job. You and and your entertainment and your uh kind of food getter. Like you just, it is such a sidewinder to my productivity and my plans for the day or the week, you know, it's just a major shift. And, and it makes me think about like, you know, what about people who have like, you know, sick kids at home or, or kids with disabilities or like parents or whatever. Yeah, and you know? you're a, and you're a FedEx driver or something. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that, I do not, think about that all the time. Yeah. Uh, it just anyway makes me feel uh, empathy for people who have it harder. Definitely. But, but it is such a, just a, waste i don't know just just a uh a weed whacker to my day yeah. day one dude, i was like i got this you know like I, it was i was a little tired because we were up you know cleaning stuff but i was like look at me i'm all over this you know and then and then day one i'm like well she's just laying around sick i feel terrible for her there's some work to make sure she's comfortable and is taken care of but then the rest of the time i'm just on my laptop baby i'm like oh, this is fine you know mm-hmm. in a way it's almost easier than a day where the kid's full of energy and you're like okay well i guess we're doing trampoline park then park then yeah yeah, we'll, we'll get lunch day. together. Yeah. Then we're yeah, like yeah. those are a little more high action. This is like she's just laying around. But then you know, there's like enough going on where I'm like taking care of the house and all this that it like um, by day three, day four, I'm like I haven't rid, I haven't sweated, I haven't <laughs> watched an hour of TV that I want to watch. Like you. Like that's how you start to feel ragged is that mm-hmm. the self care mm-hmm. stuff goes away. I haven't like crushed it at work, certainly. So I'm like, man, starting to, if this went on for two weeks, I'd be coming apart at the seams. Yeah. Chips, chips away at what you know about yourself sort of, or, or like what you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, or, or what your goal, self goals are, you know, it, it, you're just like, oh, I have to like do a major adjustment. So, well, we're, we're here now at the office doing the show. There's, um, some stuff looks like we have a couple of corrections to issue is that yeah i should we should oh. start off with some corrections i biffed it again no um <laughs> uh it, it was been very helpful but um let me get i'm 
moving my windows around, I'm going to actually disable stage manager because that's a little too much for me right now. A uh, couple episodes ago, episode 602, I talked. we were talking about jQuery and how cool it is because you could just do dollar, uh, whatever, my thing, uh, add class foo, and it would add class to everything. But now in, in JavaScript, you do, you know, query selector, all my thing for each L in, you know, and loop through those, right? And then I was saying you have to do like L has attribute foo, you have to test for the attribute before you do something like set or remove it. Like, so you'd have to say L element mm. dot has attribute foo. If element has attribute foo, L remove attribute. remove attribute would throw. It would throw in, in somebody, I think it was Eric Merchant in the discord uh, pointed out uh, that that's not true. And I was like, no, it's true. But I made a reduced test case on uh code pen and it was true uh it's not true anymore i should say so there there i I have vivid memories of this being an issue and i did some digging and it's because it was an ie edge implementation of those attribute functions they they threw if you didn't have it correct so like old Uh. edge old ie um and now since edge is in chromium and ie's dead it's not an issue anymore so I have to update my thinking, and so I apologize that uh, I said it wrong. Yeah, remove attribute doesn't throw anymore. Why would it have? Why? Why would it have ever thrown? What a dumb thing to throw on. Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ask the people. Throwing is rough. It stops all the execution of your JavaScript. You know, for that. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, you know, people like types, so <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> That's they, a good point, you know. Yeah, yeah, they want them to be there. That's for sure. Um, oh my god, yeah. I had, oh, I won't get into it, but I was, I was battling with TypeScript the other day. It was one of those. I had this like, you know, twelve lines of code, and there was a TS ignore over each line of it. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> just was sprinkled with it all the way down because I, I don't know. I'm sure somebody smarter than me could have could have sussed it out, but it came in as an any, you know, and it ne- necessarily so because some processor would spit out who knows what. I didn't have any control over necessarily what was coming back, but then I needed to de- destructure parts of it and, and such, and I was, t- I was just like, oh, I don't care, TypeScript. I don't care. Just deal with it. Uh, there's, yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, they were like, why didn't you write this in TypeScript, you know, and I just was like, I don't like it or I, I just, I want to grow into that complexity. This didn't seem like it needed it. Uh, I used JS doc and that got me the squiggles and everything. Um, and then, you know, it, it's just a, I don't know. I, I, I will probably use TypeScript in the future, but, but I'm also curious, like where's ECMAScript at it uh, on the proposal for type as comments, you know? And I, I was, that seems pretty dead. It was Microsoft that was really pushing it. We haven't heard a word from them. Although it doesn't mean that it's not being worked on it. It could be on our stuff. Yeah. There, there's, I, I looked, there's a website. Uh, let me pull it up. It's uh types, uh, uh, tc39.es proposal-type.annotations and it really hasn't updated but there's a link to stuff on github you know and there's um but it hasn't really changed you know there's some notes from like uh 2023 but i guess maybe ecmascript will meet in march this year and maybe it'll um 
will be closer. I don't know. I could see why that's hot on your mind. It is mine too. I just mean like, it's just seems to stick with a Dave kind of zeitgeist or something that like, why would I go all in on this tool when it feels like it's coming down the native web tech pipeline? And I'd rather do that. Yeah, like like I feel like we're in year out. So it's like I'm gonna spend a year converting everything to TypeScript and then whoop, guess what? <laughs> like uh native types drops and now I need to spend a year undoing TypeScript. That seems stupid, but I I don't know the timeline. I'd love to know the timeline on it, you know. In your, uh, yeah, and I think some people would say that you're never gonna get quite the same experience that for example, I think there's plenty of people that really like that your TypeScript won't even compile. If it doesn't do right, yeah. If there's a little error. Like, that's the native platform's not going to do that, you know? They're like, the way that it's being talked about is that's meaningless to the to once it actually hits the platform, you know? If anything, you strip it out before it gets there to save bytes, but it will never throw or anything. It's just right, about getting right. good squiggles. It's about getting squiggles. We need a proposal for squiggles. Yeah, I don't know what the the future there is. I, I think it's kind of a. I, I would love to. I I need to dig into it. I saw Tab Atkins' name floating around there, so maybe I'll reach out to Tab directly or just ask and say, "Yeah, that's cool." What do you know about this? Um, uh, but it might be you know March before people even do something. So it's currently stage zero, and I'd love it to be stage one, two, or three. You know, before yeah, I feel even, like it has any momentum. Yeah, um, yeah. Stage zero. You could make a stage zero. I just not. a blog post <laughs> is practically a stage zero, isn't it? Maybe it has to be a GitHub issue or something. A, like a blog post on GitHub is a stage zero. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's how you make it. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. People are using like kind of classes to like, like really dummy classes. I don't know what that should be anyway. Well, it, it's doesn't it? Uh, it feels like also it feels like a thing that happens at the editor level. Mm-hmm. Like if VS Code has so much power now, this is behind Microsoft, so chances are it's going to work great in VS Code. But if for some reason the VS Code team was like, we don't like this, they could just be like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to stop. It could still go all the way through to stage five or whatever it is and just become part of the thing. But they could just say, well, we're not going to put squiggles on there. They don't have to. They're just some piece of software. They don't have to do anything. Yeah, I, I saw a fire ship. Uh, and there he's kind of talking about the new uh, Zed, the new new editor we've kind of talked about a long time ago. Uh, yeah, but he was saying uh, he, he just was joking, like you're using the Microsoft Code Editor to use the Microsoft version of JavaScript to use to push it to the Microsoft Code repository in the cloud to your Microsoft mm-hmm. hosting platform. And I was like, ooh, that's a lot of one brands, single brands that gives. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. A so. tweet was going, I was just, I was on the, uh, the whiskey web, web whiskey, whatnot, whiskey web, whatnot. Yeah. The other day. And that's the clip that they chose to share, um, on social media the other day was we were talking about Microsoft and how funny it is that they, they touch so many things we touch as developers these days. And, and you almost kind of don't even think about it. The one, the, how it came up in conversation was that I, I forget about NPM. They have yeah. that too. Yeah. So every time you download something, even if you're using Yarn or or anything else, it's coming from the NPM repository, you know? Um, Yeah, it sure is. Even these new, wasn't it, did Dino say they were going to, we just had Josh on the show and somehow it didn't come up. 
that they're they have a JSR or something. J yeah, they're 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 going to do their own package manager, kind of a package manager to rule them all, kind of thing. But yeah. still, I believe I read in there like it still ultimately falls back to NPM. You know? Yeah, that's the database, right? The that's the where things are pointed. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think like you know, I, I think to be fair, Microsoft was not in the lead, and they made a very good code editor. And convinced enough people to use it, you know, and they kind of rode this whole types thing, getting squiggles, and they have great IntelliSense in their product and stuff like that. Um, Microsoft bought GitHub, you know, that was a pretty aggressive move. Billions of dollars were shifted around, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they salvaged NPM. I mean, I think NPM was about to implode, so I think they they basically saved it from itself um so yeah i would i would you know as much as i can say like you know microsoft's amassing this major market share and they are uh i i think it's it's a very because they were doing good for developers over time that's maybe what i would say so they, they were doing a good job for developers over time so yeah still true yeah it's certainly they have this control and it doesn't bother me Somehow. Well, and you, you, hey, you get into the old uh, EU uh, Digital Markets Act, and uh, the uh, it's changing my perspective on what kind of devices I want to buy. I will be honest; like, mm. just who is investing in the web is very clear right now. You know, so indeed. So I don't know. Without going too much into that, yeah. The my local Ben JavaScript group was all chatting it up about Zed the other day. And it came to the same conclusion that we did on this show not long ago that kind of about the plugins at this point, like you're doing a lot of stuff right, looking great, but that fact that, you know, and we, this is anecdotal, it would be interesting to have people write in. If you feel like it, please hit us up, email or pick a social media. Just the raw number. How many plugins do you run in VS Code? Just look, don't scrutinize it, just count them and send it in, you know? <laughs> you were at like 40 or something. I can't yeah, remember. It was 50, all I think, dude. 50? It's yeah. so many, man. I mean, a lot of it's <laughs> like themes and language servers and stuff and, you know, whatever, right? Um, it's not whatever, though. Like they're, you install them for a reason. It adds up. It, it adds so much to the 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 weight and the speed and performance, yeah. and, you know. Um, but then I, I suppose send us the number, but then the, if you're going to apply any scrutiny to it, send also the number of can't live without ones. Yeah. You know, like be like, okay, I, you know, if you absolutely love your theme and couldn't live without it, fine, put it in that bucket for probably for most people they could, they could live without their theme, especially knowing that the themes on Zed are like pretty decent. I, I, I hate to admit this, Chris, I don't know what theme I use. I, I don't like, either. Like I really don't. I don't even remember. I anymore. know, like over syntax, West Boss like makes his own Cobalt, and like it's on everything. I literally do not know the theme I use. For a long time, I would just just if I was feeling it, I would just I would just type you know because you can just search for themes. I'd just type yeah. themes and then see and then they would be sorted by popularity and be like, oh, never tried that one. Activate, you know. Yeah, 
I'm I'm maybe the worst in that regard, but yeah, because I don't care, you know, and I like light themes, and that's probably something I should tell people if people need to know about. I remember me. at some point. Uh, now I'm looking. I, I bouged out as I always do, and I I paid for the premium Dracula theme. Mm, nice, Dracula is good. Dracula is very good. Yeah, um, I kind of I kind of like it. Yeah, the, there is. It is tricky though. It's not like all themes are are equal. Uh, I, I think I end up switching usually because there's just some little thing that annoys me about a theme and then I find it. But I've been on Dracula for long enough now that maybe it's the perfect theme. So I don't know. I, I use Zed, right? And and it uh, for a bit, like a, uh, like two weeks. I gave it the two-week try. You no know? way. Did you yeah, really? Yeah, I really did. Holy I cow. was just, you know, I'm not doing like a bunch of mission critical stuff really, but, you know, just command line. But one thing that like is not, in Zed right now, and they just opened up a whole plugin system and stuff like that, which is is cool. Uh, is like Git stuff, like a visual Git commit thing, which is is not like, and that's you know, you may say like, oh, just use the command line, yeah, yeah, totally, dude, totally, totally. But like, like things like you know, getting like Git blame and error lens and like viewing the history of this file, like what did I just change? You oh, know, Git lens is the best, uh, isn't it? Yeah, just that those sort of like little pieces are very cool uh, and make make um, VS Code very useful to me. Those were sort of the like features or plugins and, and stuff that made me switch over. So I just I had to kind of give up just because I was like, I wanted to start committing a bunch of stuff. And I was just like, I mean, it's just like, like, it's just easier to visually manage this stuff in another repo. I don't, you know, I, I still actually commit over the command line, but it's like, if I want to like diff a file and see what I've changed and did all that, like, it's just a lot easier for me to like, yeah, you do it right in your editor. Our team is so split. I don't think two people on our same to get the same way. I know Robert, who sits in the office here with me, is all VS Code all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, pull requests, the whole thing, because it's all built in there. You can do that. Rachel's on Git Tower. I was on Git Tower for a long time. I thought it was nice, but it started to chip away at me. I mentioned this the other week. Now I'm on GitHub Desktop. I have mm -hmm. totally switched over all my computers now. I just am I'm having a little honeymoon phase with it. I think it's pretty nice. Uh, but Steven uses Source Tree or something like that. Uh -huh. Yeah. D and Alex are just all command line all the time. I forget. Hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting how it, it kind of doesn't matter. I think that's cool, you know? Wasn't there was like a, a Neil Dash post the other day about, you know, listen to this podcast and your podcatcher of choice is a radical idea or something? Because it's, you know, and his overall point was that like, cool, we did it. It's an open technology. People can make technological choices that support what they like. And there's like protocols underneath it that support that. And it that's awesome, that's I think that's viscerally why I got so mad when some podcasts were like exclusively on Spotify or whatever. I'm like, okay, goodbye forever then. Yeah, yeah. Like that, because not because I have to open Spotify or something, which is annoying to me because I don't use Spotify. But I, you know, it, it's that like a podcast was this open technology before, and you're like clearly actively trying to ruin that. Your goal is to ruin that, and that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. So I'm out, you know, and, but I think that's cool about, uh, a, a Git in this case is that it's not proprietary and you can use all kinds of different software to do it. Well, and Git and just code in general, it's like, you can open it in Vim, you can open it in VS code, you can open it in, you know, um, Zed. Yeah. It, 
it can like, yeah, get and and just code itself is just a folder full of files. And that's, that's pretty radical that it can just be used on whatever editor of choice, whatever, you know, get client of choice. I, I think that's a really, yeah, extending Anil's post. I think that's really cool. It, it is like the RSS feed bin or whatever of, you know, like, oh, you don't like that one? Use this other one, you know? I know. And it's... It's healthy, right? Like, I, I don't know. I hate to be too protective just because it's my fun little playground and I'm a nerd and I like my fun little playgrounds. But it also feels like kind of like nobody can steal this if we protect it then, you know? I don't know. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Like like good on a level. Hopefully I'm not just being a protective nerd and that there's a reason for that. Well, you, you know, you get into walled garden territory, you know, like you can really only run swift in one big machine you know there's there's other ways to run swift but you know build an ios app in one one program you know if you don't like it sorry you know that's kind of too bad This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Wix. Wix Studio, specifically, you think of Wix.com, you go to Wix, you pick a template, you edit some stuff, add your own content, publish the site. That's fast and great, and that's all good. Wix Studio is like more for the Shop Talk Show listener, I think. A way more powerful product. Uh, uh, Go check it out. You just start up a new site. You pick lots of beautiful templates in there, and then you're dropped into the, or you can start from scratch, of course, you're dropped into this visual editor. So you're like dragging on componentry that you want or adjusting existing componentry. It's like there's a design system already baked into it with all the stuff you'd expect, like cards and buttons and sections and columns and all that stuff. But way more than that, because this is such a powerful tool, there's like, I'm going to put a blog in here too. And on this particular page, there's going to be a list of blog posts over here in this column. And there's going to be products for sale here because there's e-commerce stuff built in or bookings or events coming up or membership stuff that's locked to pricing plans that only certain people can see or totally CMS driven concept. All that stuff is baked in, super powerful. Uh, All right, so you're looking at your site, you know, you're building it out with these components and then you have all this control, spacing control and backgrounds and really powerful stuff. You can really literally do anything in here. Incredible visual editor. Then you hit publish and you got your live website. But Shop Talk Show listeners, you're like, well, can I code too though? Like I need to do custom stuff. I need to hit my own APIs or I need fancy CSS control, whatever it is. You can be working on this site locally in VS Code and be pushing up your changes to GitHub. The whole thing source control. You have that power too, or you can code right on uh, in the in the Wix Studio editor as well. They'll spin up a VS code for you right in the browser and you can code without even leasing, leaving your browser. That's really powerful too. I love the idea of just starting from scratch. You, just, you, know, you get a header, the section thing, and the, the footer at the bottom, and you can just go wild, dragging stuff on, seeing how it looks. It's all beautifully responsive too, so you're dragging the different sizes and seeing how it responds to stuff, making adjustments, building your own color palettes, adding in your social media stuff, anything. It's a really powerful editor. It's worth checking out. To me, I'm like, wow, Wix has uh, come a long way here in its ability to, uh, to to build any sort of website really targeted at doing this quickly, beautifully, fastly, really designed for the kind of the agency or the freelance developer. Uh, uh, pretty, 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 pretty rad there. So go to Wix Studio or simply click on the link in the description. Thank you for the support.
Well, some more hot drama this week. There's a couple of posts on uh, the the Tailwind Smackdown. The, a big one was the Tailwind Marketing and Misinformation Engine, which kind of tried to hone in on some early Tailwind history and how it looked like a kind of contrived effort to bend some words into kind of making people feel differently about the technology and stuff. Itself faced plenty of criticism. <laughs> it's like, isn't that really what happened? Or... Or what, and uh, and then Hayden Hayden Pickering kind of followed up with his own take on it, and and Hayden's so fiery that he was he was happy to throw down with people on social media. So I was watching that kind of go down. So it was, yeah, it's not new. there's nothing new here. I don't think as far as like unearthing how people feel. It's just it's just more more kindling for the fire. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. You know, it. I the the words thing. You know, like the marketing. You know, like. It's not se- separation of concern or best practices don't actually work. You know, like that was kind of a ism separation of concerns. We call it dependency direction, content first, utility first, semantic CSS, functional CSS. Uh, the sort of like word twists, you know, semantic CSS is unmaintainable, but Tailwind is well engineered. Uh, semantic CSS doesn't scale. Tailwind thoughtfully designed. Semantic CSS, f***ing Tailwind meticulously balanced, you know, like uh, I, that's marketing and, and we're susceptible to it and we just repeat it like it's true, you know? And so, and the irony here is like you're, <laughs> you know, CSS doesn't scale, but like Tailwind is just like a, basically a proxy for CSS, you know, but <laughs> anyway. Doesn't it feel like uh, there, there probably is a silent majority of people who A, just don't care. Sure. Or... Or B can just kind of see they're just an adult and they can kind of see the trade-offs on both sides and that that don't have to just absolutely throw down about this. So it's like when you are seeing this go down, like so many other political things, you're who's choosing to open their mouths is either like they're just feeling fiery that day or just happen to be way, way, way on one of the sides or the other. Yeah. Yeah, I just I know we're talking about it here on this show and hopefully with a measured take, but I really like to stay out of it because at this point I'm just like, I just can't I've I know human beings on I hate to say, somehow both sides feels like a loaded phrase to say, but I'm going to say both sides, uh, even though even though that I feel like is not a fair thing. But it's like, think of the discord. They have we have reasonable conversations about it all the time in there. Mm-hmm. What you're not seeing in these takes is like, for example, can we look at the code base of somebody who's like really proud and happy with their tailwind code base? Like who feels like it's just really kicking butt for them? In this case, the, the code samples aren't pulled from those code bases. People try to find the craziest weird crap to do. And then and then point at those and be like, see how bad it is. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. It's like a, you see like a twenty class, you know, button, and you're like, well, that sucks, you know. Uh, and I'm sure people have that. I think a lot of people have that. I think a lot of people have twenty class divs all over their code base. You know, uh, but who am I to say like a twenty class div is is abjectly worse for your organization than a 20 properties CSS class or whatever, you know, I don't and know. Theoretically, there's only one, right? Because it's abstracted. Like you do the one as part of a template. And that, that those are the little nuggets that I, I think are, are positive to pull out of something like Hayden's post is that like, yes, it absolutely requires a system that is 
you know, like a JavaScript framework. I've said this forever too. It's it's absolutely useless. Like you, Tailwind and WordPress, I don't think go together particularly well because it's not really templated all that well in WordPress land. And it doesn't come with like a hot module reloader in it. Mm-hmm. In that like, because you're changing HTML, that's like harder to get a good DX around that. I've changed some classes. I want to see the results of that immediately. You're in like refresh the page territory. Or if you're working in React, you have this kind of a HMR setup and it just feels fine. It just feels like changing mm-hmm. anything else in a thing. So I don't know. You know, sure, you got 20 classes on a thing. I mean, I feel like I'm trying to defend it. I don't like it, for the record. I've tried it a number of times. It doesn't click with me. I see all sorts of problems with it. But like, I understand that there's enough people that really like it. There's a couple of things that you you can measure. One of those being the final size of the CSS that ships with the website. If you throw down with a, a Tailwind versus not Tailwind website, Tailwind's going to beat you for just like raw size of the ship CSS. Sure. So like there's one that you can measure that they win, you know. It doesn't mean that it's just out and out better because there's other things that are involved like DX and maintainability and GZIP. And like not being able to use (laughs) certain features. and Like there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, GZIP. I I mean like I I think like there's, you know, like the, the promise that it can be just one single static Thing and then you, you know, but then you got to bring a bunch of tooling to get those good fi- file sizes. You have to like scan all your templates and yank all this stuff. At, you know, like the, it's not, it's not free if that makes sense. Like you get it set up and it may might work yeah, really well, yeah. but it's it's not free. Yeah, the scanning so, templates thing is like people so. just assume that that's set up and working perfectly and correctly because that's yeah. that's how proper Tailwind usage is supposed to go. I'm sure, I would think most Tailwind people did they just know that or assume that or something. And then you're like but you should just know that there's all kinds of people out there that take some like fully complete Tailwind build as a CSS file, just load that and then just use classes out of it. Mm-hmm. And like you knew that, right? Like that's awful that now you're getting the exact opposite experience you're getting way more css than you need and like of course that happens too so when you're comparing this technique for this technique you also need to compare somebody using it really well against somebody who's using css really well and you need to compare somebody who's using tailwind really poorly against somebody who's using css poorly and things like that like there's there's scales on both sides Oh, I said both sides again. I hate saying that. There's good people on both sides, buddy. Well, there's jerks on both sides too. So, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I you know, I, I think everyone knows my <laughs> curmudgeon opinions, but uh, it, it just, it didn't suit me, you know, in, in uh, same, or same. It, it doesn't, I, I love a handful of utility classes and I should probably blog about like what I like about those and why, where I sort of draw the line arbitrarily, but I, I do, you know, I just, there, there's, I, I like a little bit of utility and, but I also like a lot of, you know, autonomy to code my own stuff. And so, um, yeah, anyway, uh, there was like, you know, some critiques like it, you know, attitudes of like, I can't find the actual quote, so I'm just going to say the attitudes of like, you know, Tailwind doesn't let you write CSS, you know, and then everyone's like, it does, though. You just use apply or, you know, you write your own thing inside the Tailwind config, you know, and um, yeah. and like, true, true, true. But like, 
I wish too, like we just had a framework for arguing about this stuff. Like in the general speaking in the marketing and then even the maintainer saying, don't use apply, like, like there are workarounds true, but like, they're just generally not recommended or embraced or, or, you know, or, or, or maybe the, the marketing does need to be like, write your own stuff when it gets weird, you know, like maybe that's it too, you know, maybe there needs to be some intellectual honesty. Like this doesn't actually solve the job all the time. And t- regular CSS is freaking awesome for that. You know, like maybe we need some of that too. You yeah, know, to never once say that it's not the perfect tool is smelly to me a little bit. Remember? Yeah. I, I think of a uh, old Sean Wang about that too. Like really good developer evangelism requires that. Or like that's a step above what normal developer evangelists do and helping with the marketing of it is is saying where the rough edges are, being cl- yeah. clear about that. Because it's just a trust building kind of exercise there. I, I will never forget when I built a whole design system for a company and then a new developer comes in and says, let's use Bootstrap. It has zero problems. And I just was like, zero, huh? Just yeah, how zero? long have you been around? Zero? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Zero was his claim, and uh, it was not a fun conversation. But anyway, <laughs> that's um, zero, Chris. He has zero. zero problems. Zero. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds about right. That was tough. I got a couple emails. I got I, one, one really big notable email from somebody writing in about the global design system stuff, too, saying that, like, Kind of, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but this really was what it was, is that like, I've, I've solved this in my basement, kind of, that was kind of the vibe of it. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's not fair. He's just a nice gentleman, but it was kind of like, I've been thinking about this too, you know, can I get you involved in it or whatever? I'm like, that's important. I, I don't, I had to say no, because I, I just am too busy with all the different stuff that I do. And I don't, I, I've had a whole bunch of, I contributed a little bit by asking some hard questions of it, which is, I feel like are, in my mind, like some of them are answerable and some of them are like, they're just, they're not answerable and that whatever the answer is, is such a big trade-off that it knocks down the kind of globalness of the global design system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was your, kind of your thoughts, right? I, but I, there's one thing I knew and I told him, I was, one person will never solve this. It's not possible, you know? Because it's such a social issue too. Like one person, you know, it was it was Mr. Linus Torvalds or whatever who invented Git. So like there are lone rogues that can make big industry-wide you know, genius things happen. So, hey, maybe it will. Maybe one person can do it. But in this case, it feels like the reason to pick a design system is such a socio-political thing that happens at organizations that it's different. It's not just a piece of technology. Like the marketing matters almost as much as the technology does. No, I think you're right. I, I think it's, you You made the point on the show and then in your, your blog post, just kind of like every single question you ask chips away at your market share right like like every should we use typescript Ka-chung! Gone, like you, yep. you've just 
nuked twenty percent of whichever side of the fence you know you you've decided on. You know that's just one man. It's like what package manager are you going to use? Because it's not all of them. You lose you lose some. You know. Yeah. How do you fit into an existing system? That's that's like. But you can walk into this with eyes wide open, knowing that, mm-hmm. and being like, we well, still are going to make some of those decisions, and not all of them are going to be for maximum market share. But our goal is to make as few of them that push people away as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like like if we could just kind of be very minimal and invasive and like and prescriptive, that would be awesome, you know. And I think there is a uh, there is a market for that, you know. And I, I think it's in kind of in the buildless web component territory, but you know, there are people who are like uh web components don't work cuz it needs to like server render and stuff. We have declarative shadow dom and Firefox this week, so that's good. But um yeah. but like, you know, but but like setting this bar for like, you know, what all web components to always spit out, you know, javascript or whatever unrendered or uh sorry, static html by default, it's just kind of, they don't quite do that yet. In some circumstances, they can. With the right tooling, they can. But there's even billing is involved. You know, if you walk into some of the biggest agencies in the world that deliver design systems for money and said, hey, what if you never had to build a design system again? They'd be like, uh, no, we're pretty cool billing for those. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's making a bunch of money is a way better than not. Um, <laughs> I've experienced that in my own life sometimes too. So what you so you got to go to let's say you go to a thousand organizations as what things would get to a yes for using a design system that came outside of these walls. Right. I don't well, think you I mean I even said use web components, buildless web components that boom nukes react sites cuz they don't support it yet, you know? Like you'd have to be on new 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 react or go through the pain points of squeezing it in, you know? So Mm -hmm. I've already nuked out a huge potential customer base, hype base, you know? More drama about, uh, like apparently this is the drama episode of, uh, of the, of arc search. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a arc already arc being the browser company's browser. I'm in it right now. I don't know if you are Dave, but like I'm right here, I'm, I'm arcing it up. I'm in the third space. really skyrocketed towards it feels like I don't know what their numbers are but a good amount of usage especially amongst the you know early adopter type of crowd and I've sung their praises many times I think it's a beautifully designed browser there's lots of features in it that I just absolutely adore to me it signals how slow and stagnant actual browser vendors have been about exploring new UI it's a fun company to watch because of how fast they move and shipping every single week and just really cool all of a sudden you know the high, you know, the, whatever, an Icarus kind of moment, you know, flying high and the wax wings are starting to melt or something because, because, you know, they've done what so many companies do. They're just head first into AI territory. A lot of us being skeptical of that move. Uh, uh, their first step were those like five features or whatever. I don't even know where they're at because I found them all so much of a miss. But I was like, that's Arc okay. Max. Hey, they're just experimenting. It's fine. Yeah. And then to have their new, they already had a mobile browser that was just kind of like a tab sinker machine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was kind of fine. But obviously, nobody's like enthralled with that. I don't think they probably didn't see a ton of usage of it. Have make another mobile browser called Arc Search that is 
just couldn't have got worse press. <laughs> I feel like there wasn't a positive thing written about it. Maybe there's some people that like it, but it, you know, it, the kind of ideas you type a search into it and then it's kind of like a meta AI. Like it goes out and browses, you know, whatever, 10, 15, 20 browses websites for you. Yeah. Browses for you. And then goes to all those websites and smashes it all together into one chunk of output. So like kind of on the surface, you can be like, wow, that's kind of neat because, you know, SERP pages, search engine results pages can be so messy. Who knows which thing to click on is the best. Like I could see AI stepping in there and helping out with that kind of thing, extracting the most useful information. But it did not take long for people to be like, wait, but if that kind of approach takes over, why would anybody build a website like the, you're just have just thrown a dagger through the heart of websites? Yeah. And like nobody hates websites. I mean, I don't know, maybe some people do, but but like what a horrible thing to do to websites to be this company that's just dedicated to making the web better and funner and more usable and clean. Like it just felt like a 180 on like, you know, those websites screw them. <laughs> yeah, just sort of a traffic yoink machine. Just a yoink. <laughs> Let me just, like, who are you trying to make happy here? The motivation, though, is you go to a you go to a, a recipe website and you have to read somebody's like whole life story just to learn how to make a pancake. Sure, yeah, websites can do a bad job. I agree. I don't want that either. You know, and like uh, I, but then I'm like, okay, I, I just. <laughs> My distrust of AI is like, did you get that recipe correct? Like, like when you auto yoinked that, I know you're a make it up machine. So did when you auto yoinked that and made up the yeah. recipe from the article, did you do it correctly? Because putting <laughs> like two scoops of flour into a pancake recipe and two scoops of grass is totally different, you know? So like, what did you put in there? You know, like, how do I know you did it right? Or do I have to like cook the pancake and hope you did it right? You know, that's, that's my own personal mistrust, but yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting uh, that they chose to do that. I don't know. Well, and then there's all kinds of follow. Like what's the fun of writing on the web anymore? Like it's it's, it's just, you're just feeding some big machine that ain't going to feed you back. So isn't that sad? You know, I'm hoping that there's another angle to this. I saw Brad Frost article about kind of AI and music. And he's like, there's, he was pointing at some people. And I think he felt the same way themselves. He's just not worried about it at all. It's like people want, people are obsessed with what other humans do. And that is on display in music land. Yeah. And uh, writing may end up kind of the same way. And that I want to know that a human being wrote this. And I think I can kind of tell because they'll just be markers of it for a long time and people you know writers turns a phrase and stuff are unique to their own style not that ai can't catch up and kind of try to replicate it certainly it could but i think people just have a feel for it like this came from the fingers of dave rupert i think i'll be able to tell for a long time i wonder maybe we should have a challenge in the next month no tat no we can't tell but in the next month we'll set a calendar date for late march yeah. We have to each post one AI blog post and oh see if God. it see if it uh, people notice. Uh, I feel like there's I'm gonna have to, I can't just agree to that. 
right okay. away. I'm going to have to All think right. about hey. it more because I, I really feel like it, it hits my heart in a weird way. Yeah, you know, it'd be a good challenge. But anyway, <laughs> it's a... Uh, I mean, it's like, Okay, sometime the next month, we each get to try heroin once, you know? And, <laughs> and who gets addicted loses. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever has a cardiac episode loses uh, <laughs> the game. Called as a life. company, isn't that a weird-ass move for the browser company to just... To, I don't know. Like, can't they be happy doing great work in the browser world and then extend that work? You know, at one point they're like, we're also, we're going to make a computer. They said that. That was a big move. And that can be like, you're mavericks. You're crazy. You're crazy, but I love you. Kind of like, <laughs> like that kind of, oh, you're dreaming big. Instead of just being like, ah, we're going to just, we're going to get on the, the AI ship and just start shipping stuff that people hate. I So I agree. I So they, they had a new feature in the Arc Search iOS app where you pinch an article to summarize it. Like you pinch and it'll like fold up the page and summarize it. I think that's awesome. I, I want that to exist. Like, and that's what I love about Arc is it's just a weird ideas factory and like the web needs that. The browsers need that. All the browsers yeah, look the yeah. same. It's all boring. That's mean, does shit. it pinch DOM nodes together? Like you grab three. No, it paragraphs just like and... it just like shrinks the whole like it rasters the page and folds it up or whatever. And so like and then it like So you can do the whole page or nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but okay. so it's just kind of like a, a way instead of like right click summarize, it's like pinch and then you get a smaller version of the page. Anyway. Okay. I I think that's cool, but but the I I think it's important to acknowledge the meta game right now is investors are investing in AI only, and I'm under pressure from investors to add AI features. Mm. Everyone's uh, like it's the game. You can't get investment unless you say AI this that revolutionize it, you know, yeah. and like. You know, and somebody who like whatever they're they're not a maker maybe, and they're not in the content generation space. But man, if you say if you just type a word five words into here, now you're now you're a content creator. That's cool, you know. Probably to them, you know, and or like, hey, you read a bunch of dumb stuff on the internet all day. Wouldn't it be cool to summarize it? Like, here you go. Here's a summarized tool. You know, I think like. The meta game in the VC space is you have to put AI into your product this year. <laughs> for for a terrible, everyone's doing it. You know what I mean? And so, like, and the reason everyone's doing it is it's the only thing getting funded internally or externally. It's just, it's just uh, it's what it is. It's kind of wild, isn't it? Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it's I, part of me is like it's a it's it's their money, so you can they can do whatever they want with it in a way. Like there's like there's like a fairness clause of investment that they have to adhere to. But yeah, it's it, it's kind of like when everyone built an iOS app. It was just like like you know iOS forty percent of the market share, and everyone's building iOS apps, and then you're just like, I mean that's cool, but like, did we need an iOS app? For our podcast, you know, <laughs> no, the answer is no. Like you just exist in, you just have a normal RSS feed. So I think there's just this like very, you know, it's the hype, it's the zeitgeist, it's everything. Like that's what people want to see. And, and I think there are breakthrough opportunities. Somebody's going to come up with something that kind of is cool and kind of works, you know, but uh, it's currently the only thing going. So 
it's like everyone in town plays the same music now. They they all play country music, and we just have mm. to deal with it. Beyonce does country music. Chris Coyer. Oh, I'm Even well aware. I freaking love that new Billionaire track. Beyonce can't escape the grasp of the money machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the, it's the banjo player from the Carolina Chocolate Drops opens that track, you know. Oh, I remember really? loving oh. that band for so long, and it's cool to see her. Hey, but Beyonce's from Houston. She's from H-Town. She can do whatever she wants. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Well, how is country taking over? That's so strange. I'm, I'm here it's for it. It's the only profitable one. It's got radio. It's got, you know, it's the only way to make money in music. So even T-Pain, did you hear T-Pain? He wrote, he's written a bunch of country songs and like sold them. Yeah. He said like, don't, but he's saying, don't credit me on them. That was a don't crazy article. Just give me the check. Cause I don't want the racism. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so great. T-Pain's my favorite dude. His YouTube or like his live Twitch stream is it so. It makes me sad to think about like, where does it, is it from? Like, is it like some white person accidentally in their mind enjoys a song? And I was like, I wonder who wrote that. Oh, it's a black person wrote it. I'm going to send him a letter of my disappointment that the song that I've already decided that I like was written by him. What? Is that what? what's happening? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm making my decisions based on this awful fact. You know, I like... Yeah, I just uh, no. It, well, it's funny. Where's he, John Stewart on that one? He Get actually was at a country music festival here in in Austin. My my brother in law flew in to go to it, but and he was like, "Dude, T Pain was there," and I was like, "What?" T Pain was. It's <laughs> <laughs> like T Pain was there. We watched T Pain. It was great, and everyone loved it. So that's good. You know, good for him. He found his freaking moment. He found his uh, subgenre. So yeah, indeed. Ah, oh, fun. All right. Well. That's um, that's exciting. What else do we have? One more on our list here, I think, somewhere. Oh, we uh, we should call out old our old friend Dan Denny has resurrected Front End Design Conference in Saint Petersburg, Florida. Yeah, the original location for it. Yes, I did put this on here because I see he's selling tickets now, and there's some price increases coming up. This was the first conference I ever even went to. I think. And I happened to speak at it, so I was kind of, I kind of jumped, jumped ahead a little bit because I just wasn't, I didn't know that there was. This is a long time ago. I wasn't really. I don't think I knew that there was conferences you could go to for web design stuff that were just <laughs> fun and like maybe there wasn't that many of them at the time. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, yeah, Dan invited me to it in the early days of CSS Tricks, and 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 then ran it for a whole bunch of years afterwards, and I always just loved it. Because it was just, you know, it's just this this one guy and his family, his wife, you know, just just Sherry, just making it happen and did okay with it for a while. I always kept it cheap. It always felt like a, a real, true, actual community pulling it off. And then, you know, ended it for a while. I can't remember why exactly. I think he had a, perhaps a couple of missteps. Didn't he do one in Portland or something? That didn't go well. I can't remember what the, yeah, I think it the just, deal was. Yeah. But stopped, yeah. you know. And so this is kind of like we're bringing it back moment. And you love to see it, right? Because it's we're, we're in this kind of uh, post-COVID area and... You can do this stuff again, and it was it's slow going watching these things come back. So 
to me, this is like the the ice thawing kind of. Are you going? Are you going? Throwing one. Well, I put it on here because I feel so bad that I can't go. Uh, it overlaps with something that I can't, and it makes me feel sad that I'm like I'm going to promote this thing for you, Dan. And if, in a way, it's like, yeah, I wish I was there, but like it also is begging for a new generation. You know, I I agree with that. Rather than just yeah. seeing the my old ass face at it. You so know? if you've ever listened to an episode of Shop Talk. And you hear just build websites that was recorded at a front end design con- front end yeah. design conference. Yeah, hell yeah, it was. I might. I I, I want to go. I I like need a major hall pass to make it happen. So I'm just you know we're 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 working on it. Uh, the old logistics here, but um, I would love to go. But if you can go, if like you should exactly. go. Exactly, that's what I would need too. I would need to really push it. Um. Uh, yeah, because because we have some conflicting stuff. But if I really, if I cashed in all my chips for the year, maybe, uh, you know what I mean? We're right, just old right. now. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a there's something to be like. Hey, I'm just gonna take a few thousand dollars, head to Florida by myself. See ya. <laughs> like, there's a little bit on the old. Uh, yeah, that, I don't want to cash in my social chips. chips for it either, though. I, I wish, uh, even though maybe, you know, I think the speakers are locked in at this point. But even if I was speaking at it, it like she knows enough that I'd be cashing in my um, social chips, not my work chips, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's the, you don't get to go drive cars with the boys uh, this year if uh, you do this one. Yeah, yeah. Sure, don't. So, yeah. Stephanie yeah. Eccles, though, uh, CSS master. Ben Callahan's there. You know, the, is, you know Sparkbox did the c- kind of the current generation of CodePen's design. It's been a long time now. It's evolved since then, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cameron Elise Mall. Holiday, I haven't seen him in Cameron ages. Cameron Mall. Yep, Gina yep. Ann. Cassidy, yeah, Adam, Mr. Coon. Homer, probably talking about accessibility. Yeah, the Cobra Winfrey himself. Cassidy's going to be there. Dang, this is a hot, See, hot group for three hundred bucks. Hell yeah, Cobra Winfrey's the uh, um, that's the big pull for me there, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's the he, his work is stellar, excellent, yeah. stellar yeah. over time too. That you know, I Peter used out, to be but, native, he used to live there, yeah. but now he's he's up in North Carolina. But I'm sure it wouldn't. I'm you know, it's probably a family draw and stuff for him too at this point. Yeah, he threw a around the last one. He threw a CodePen meetup at the last front end design oh, okay. years ago. Nice. Yeah, it's a good. Hey, it's a good conference. You should go if you can. Um, I'm gonna see about if I can. Um, okay. Just need to Saint Pete, baby. align the old old budget machine. So <laughs> budget machine, go. So, <laughs> right. That's cool. Do we have any questions? To does anybody write in anything nah, interesting? I don't know. Let's see. I, yeah, we could probably get to one. I think we're uh, kind of up at like 50 minutes here, so we could probably wrap it up and just save questions for next time. Um, yeah, my internet's being uh, weird anyway. This is oh, sorry for everybody out there using AT and T who's uh, gotten screwed. I think it might be related. Solar flare. Yeah, it's the old solar flare. We we're joking before the show. Like that's absolutely made up. <laughs> <laughs> if you crash AT&T's global network, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, dude, solar flare, man. I feel like you what get a- one of those a decade or so. Like you could use that internally at work. You're like, why is the website down? And be like, oh, boss, I'm so sorry. Solar flare, though. Because what do you say to that? You go, <laughs> yeah. oh, 
Really? Solar Why is flare, the website huh? slow? Uh, solar flares affecting radio waves here in the t- house or building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm wired in though. It reminds me how you can tell anybody you you can tell anybody that you play the harp. You know, you can just work that into conversation, you know, because they'll be like, prove <laughs> it. You'll be like, well, I don't have a my harp here, obviously. <laughs> and they'll it's you'll smart. never be in it's, a place with a with them and a harp at the same time. You know, like it's never gonna happen. Dude, I guarantee the first time I try to this grift, it <laughs> blows up in my face. <laughs> They the very first time have a harp up their sleeve. Just the second I say, like, "Well, I play harp," there's like, <laughs> and they're like, "Really? You want to see me on YouTube winning the world harp championships?" <laughs> you, you could look it up. Yeah, go look it. Up. I don't know if it. Yeah, go look it up. All right, fun stuff. We'll answer some questions next time. Maybe I think we have a we have a couple of guests coming up though, and they can help us. A couple of guests that. lined up. Yeah. So yeah, please, please. Um, if there's somebody you want to see on the show, that's not your boss, let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear that, yeah. but then, uh, Ooh, get a lot of those. Um, and then anyway, uh, Jeez, do we ever. uh, yeah. Thank you dear listener for downloading this in your podcast or choice. Be sure to start our favorite of that. So people find out about the show, follow us on, uh, Mastodon, uh, front dash end dot social at shop talk show at front dash end dot social and uh, join us in the d- 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 discord. That's where the party's at. Uh, Patreon.com slash shop talk show. And Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? <laughs> <laughs> shop talk show dot com. <laughs>